Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. All right, it is Thursday night on Off the Ball. That, of course, means that John Giles is with us. Good evening, John. Evening, Nathan. So, Stephen Gerrard back at Anfield this weekend as a manager. Aston Villa going to play Liverpool in the Premier League on Saturday. It's been a good start to life at Villa Park for Gerrard. They've won three of their first four games. A close defeat against Manchester City, the other result. What have your impressions on Gerrard, the manager, been over the last three, four years with Villa and, of course, with Rangers? Um, Excellent. Uh, Nathan, and surprising to me, uh, you know, watching him playing over the years, Nathan, uh, terrific midfield player, mm. great goal scorer from that position, uh, but I didn't see him uh, um, as a Pirlo or one of the great midfield players that could control the game. Uh, so I must say I'm surprised uh, that he's, he's, he's done so well at Rangers and started so well. Uh, with Villa and listening to him on the telly uh, he's very very good Uh, he hasn't lost the run of himself in any way so it looks good for him Nathan Would you then have felt through the years you would have had a sense from watching a player as to what sort of a manager he'd become? Uh, Yeah yeah, I I think watching uh, uh, a lot of players particularly the midfield players Nathan because they're in the game more than more than other players uh, and you know, watching watching Gerard, I, I saw him as a terrific player, a great goal scorer. But I did I didn't think he was a player that was controlling the game from the middle of the field. Mm. Um, so, and you know, managers can always surprise you. About people coming into management can always surprise you, Nathan. But I, I must say, I, I was surprised uh, that he did such a good job at. Uh, Rangers and listening to him on the telly, and he started very, very he has started very well at Villa. But listening to him on the on the telly and and reading about him from players that he played with, I mean, there was Danny Murphy. I think was very friendly with him. For example, played with him at Liverpool, and uh, and apparently they were playing one day, and he did something wrong. Danny Murphy and uh, Stevie Gerrard gave him a right telling off that he he didn't expect uh, from him. So he obviously had him had it, had it in him. Uh, to do that, but watching him play, I thought he was a, a, a terrific player from the position he played in as a goal scorer. Mm. Nathan, I didn't see him controlling games in a way that uh, you, you would sometimes expect him to do. Did we expect the wrong things from him then? Actually, as a player, as you say, he wasn't a Pirlo. He wasn't someone picking it up off the centre halves at times. That actually his best position was probably where Rafa Benitez played him at times uh, when they. Where Fernando Torres was there, and he played just off Fernando Torres in that sort of more advanced role. Well, no, he always started from midfield, from a midfield position, which is with the ability that he has, uh, is the best position for him. Because if you're playing forward, Nathan, first of all, you've got your back to the back to the ball, you know, back to the play, mm. and you're easily marked. If you're coming from a deep position, it's very, very difficult to be marked. But he had the ability to score sensational goals, Nathan. I'm sure you remember them, as I remember them. Like, his goal-scoring record was fantastic. And they were important goals. And really, 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 really good good goals. He he had a great gift to to do that. But there were certain spells in the game where I thought, well, he hasn't been in the game. He didn't control the game in that particular way. But he was—he he made himself a great player from the goals he scored from the midfield position. 
that transition from being a great player to being a manager since one you made yourself and when you look at the top of the Premier League at the moment you have Pep Guardiola who was a great player with Barcelona who played many times for Spain but then you have Jurgen Klopp and Thomas Kukul who didn't really have any great careers of note you have somebody like Xavi just starting out now with Barcelona and we saw the difficulties they had last night would you have felt it was easier for great players to become managers or would you have looked around the dressing room and thought actually it's the less talented players who think about the game in a different way that actually are more likely to go on and become a good manager well, it, well it's very difficult to know Nathan you know it's a very very good question but it's difficult to know but I mean if you look at the record uh, of players who were great players uh, like the vast majority the majority of them didn't make it as managers I mean, if you go on, on, on recent times, for example, uh, I'll just me- mention a couple of names. I mean, Alex Ferguson was a good player. But he wasn't one of the great players. Then you had Bob Paisley, Ar- Arsene Wenger, Mourinho. Mm. Uh, you know, didn't play at any level at all, really, a lot of these players. So it, you, you can't judge them. Uh, I mean, you've got Thomas Tuchel as well and Klopp, which I haven't mentioned, really weren't outstanding players at all. So I, I think they're two different gifts, uh, Nathan. And I think the gift, uh, t- there's two gifts. I mean, Bobby Charlton was the best player I ever played with. Yeah. Or against, right? And Bobby wasn't managerial material. He was, he was instinctive in the way that he played, and he was the best player I played with. Uh, and, but when he went into management, Bobby wasn't the type of player that was, in my opinion, thinking about the game, learning from it from a certain angle. Bobby did it from his own angle, which was I- 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 intuition in many ways. You know, I played with Bobby for three years, and I never ever had a conversation with Bobby after the game about the game. It just, like, I'll give you an example when I played with Bobby. I played inside right to Bobby's inside left. And you were always told that out at all software. Somebody's in a good position, you let it go simple, you let it go quick. When I played with Bobby, an awful lot of the times so I was in a good position. Bobby didn't let it go simple and didn't let it go quick. But just when I was about to say, for goodness sake, Bobby, <laughs> that's a nice word, for goodness sake, Bobby, <laughs> Bobby is whacking it from 35 to 40 yards with his left foot or right foot up into the top corner of the net. So Bobby, Bobby was just the best player I ever played with, uh, yeah. Nathan, by far. But if, if you talk about like knowledge of the game and how he did it, I don't think Bobby knew how he did it. It was just intuition and a gift. He was quick. He could beat people. He didn't need anybody. Like later on when I went to Leeds and there was Bremner and myself, yeah. we needed each other to get from one box to the next, passing the ball or doing something. So Bobby didn't need anybody. So was Bobby Charlton an outlier or would you have thought that was a common theme among great players, that it was intuition, that they couldn't quite explain to more ordinary players exactly how they did what they did? Yeah. Well, I couldn't say that about everybody, Nathan. But, you know, they, 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 like they, a lot of the great players that you, you look at, uh, looking back over the history of the game as we know it, um, there was very few Bobby Charlton's made it in management. Mm. You know, like Xavi's in, in it now. Uh, uh, Pirlo has been in it, hasn't he? I don't think Pirlo's done very well. So it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be a great player uh, to be a great manager. I think, it, I think it's a help if somebody's played the game at the highest level and, and also has the knowledge to do what's needed to be done. And not just the knowledge, Nathan, the personality. The personality comes into it in a big way. Like, if you see all the managers, they have to dominate the people concerned that they're, they're, they're playing for. Look at Klopp. 
I think the players are scared of him. Mm. Probably uh, uh, Tuchel, you can see that with him as well. You don't see it much with with uh, uh, with, with, with Guardiola. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have it in the dressing room with him where he doesn't frighten these guys. Yeah, I suspect you know, he does, it, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's an amazing situation. It's, a, it's knowledge plus personality. So, you know, I remember talking to you. You ever hear of Stan Cullis? Yeah. Stan Cullis is one of the greatest managers of all times at Wolverhampton. And years when, when, when uh, I was finished playing, and a man called, a terrific player called Peter Broadbent played for, for, for Wolves. He was a terrific player. And I met him at a golf deal. And I was always curious about players and the relationship with the managers. And I said, how did you get on with uh, Stan Cullis? I said, what was he like? He said, he was the biggest so-and-so I ever met in life. But he was a great manager. Right. And so that's, he had that's the respect. That was amazing. the main like, They all have this thing in them, I think, that they, they, they dominated the players. And you, you could get a lot of, like a talented player, really talented player with good knowledge, didn't have that uh, uh, gift to dominate these players, you know? Yeah, and, and when, you, when you talk about players who sort of have that sort of character, like when you think back to that Leeds dressing room that you were in, like would you have said in 1970, Jack Charlton is the one of the 11 who's going to go on as a manager and achieve something? No, he would have been the last. He would have been the last. Why? Because Jack, Jack saw the world through his own eyes, Nathan. And we played as a, as a team. There was the, our lads and Jack. Now, Jack was older, older than all of us. Yeah. Uh, but Jack saw the world through his own eyes. And he saw the world through uh, the, 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 the eyes of a big centre-half whose control of the ball in tight situations wouldn't be good. So we could win eight matches on the bounce and then lose one. And then there'd be a crisis meeting. And the first hand up would be Big Jack with Don. Those two guys, so-and-sos, are coming back too far, too deep. That was me and Bremner, right? Now, we might have played eight matches winning, doing what we did. But if we played one match, losing, that was the, 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 the fault. That's why we did it, because we were coming back too far. Because Jack was a big centre-half, saw the world through the eyes with big centre-half. And if you received, had the ball in the edge of the box, there was a good chance he'd lose it, Nathan. That's the way he saw it. Like, so, Bremner and I wouldn't lose it, because that's what we were, we were midfield players, had good control of the ball. We wouldn't, well, we now and again he might lose it, but generally speaking, we wouldn't lose it, and we'd start an attack from there. We could do that for eight matches and be okay. We lose one match, and that's Jack's way. But that was Jack's way. There was, there, and was, was that was uh, that not a sign, John, that actually he had that leadership in him, that he would be the one who would stand up and point fingers and take no prisoners? Yeah. Oh no, there was there was no doubt about that with Jack, right? But my, I was I was judging Jack by knowledge, right? What what knowledge has he got to be telling players? I didn't bring the personality thing in it, and that's what Jack had in a yeah. big way. Personality. He was a leader. Right? I remember saying to Jack one time, Jack, our, your Bobby wouldn't get into your team. He said he would if he did what I effing told him to do. And I said, well, yeah, but he wouldn't be Bobby Charlton anymore. That was Jack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Jack had that leadership. He had that personality to dominate people. Now, I never agreed with that. On principle, I didn't agree with Jack playing football. But he, he, he turned out to be a much better manager than I expect him to be because mostly of his personality. I don't think it was necessarily the great knowledge that he had in the game. Yeah. 
Because when Jack played, don't forget, with the Irish team, I mean, he, he couldn't find room for three of the best players in the world in Liam Brady, Ronnie Whelan, David O'Leary. Jack didn't, Jack didn't want them. But that, that's, and Jack was successful because he believed in what he was doing. He had leadership and he wouldn't stand any nonsense from anybody. This is what I want you to do. This is what you're going to do. Because yeah. I remember at that time, there was Ian St. John who played for Liverpool. Do you remember Ian? Yeah, yeah. Terrific player. Terrific player. I got to know him reasonably well. And, uh, and I always, people said to me, I, the last thing I'd want to do for my life is to pick a successful manager, Nathan. But at the time, I think Big Jack and, and uh, Ian St. John were going into management. And I really fancied Ian St. John to do well. And he went to Portsmouth and he had a nightmare. He didn't stay in the game two minutes. And I wouldn't have jacked back Jack at all and Jack went on to be a very very successful manager yeah had so that strength it's very personality. difficult to know with anybody when it's like if we're talking about players like uh, uh, the great Pirlo and Xavi you know what they were great players can they do it as management maybe they might have the knowledge but they might not have the personality to, to dominate it's very very difficult to pick pick the right one I mean if you look at uh, Klopp I think Klopp scares the life out of uh, and he, he, he does he gets them to do whatever he wants them to do, and no questions asked. And I think that's what all the top managers do in different ways, mm. Nathan. So in Gerard's case, we go back to Gerard. Yeah. You know what I saw him on the pitch. I didn't see him uh, as having, say, the quality, the obvious qualities to be a manager. And, and did you not see that sort of leadership that you saw in a Jack Charlton, who maybe? You know, that Gerard was the one. He was the captain of that Liverpool team. That he he was mm. the one who led them and and would had that ability to go into a dressing room and and make himself heard. Uh, well, I didn't see it on the pitch. Yeah. Now I played with Jack, and I could I could see Jack having leadership, right? But I couldn't see it being successful. <laughs> you know, I thought it was very straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get it up the pitch, put the players under pressure, and all that. That's what he believed in. That's what he got. And he got good players. He got player, good players to do that to follow. That's what. So he had total leadership. I, I didn't see Gerard on the pitch having that leadership. Now I didn't know him as an individual, but what I saw on the pitch was a player who, who started from midfield and was going to score goals. Mm. I didn't see him a player that was going to link up everything from the middle of the field, like Xavi and Pirlo, and indeed Bobby Charlton. I didn't see that in Gerard. I saw him as a, as a scorer of great goals and important goals and was was a very very terrific player uh, for Liverpool, a very very valuable player for Liverpool just to go off on a, an even greater tangent if that's possible uh, Bobby Charlton who you talk about all the time is the greatest player you've ever seen and you talk about some of the goals he scored from 35 40 yeah. yards and we've seen some of the videos and the power that he got into them mm. like the football back in the 60s was a hell of a lot heavier than it is now and a lot harder to put spin on his ability to shoot from distance, was that the power in his legs or was it technique or what was his striking method when he was hitting the ball from distance? Well, it's usually technique, Nathan. You know, I mean, I played with, I was a little fellow myself and I was a good kicker of the ball. Bobby Collins was even smaller than me and was a beautiful kicker of the ball. So was Bremner. So it, it's, more, it's technique more than power. Obviously, if a powerful guy has the technique, then when Bobby was quite a powerful lad, he wasn't that big, Bobby. He was about five foot nine, five foot ten. Uh, but he was he was a beautifully balanced player. But it was technique more than anything else, Nathan. But I'd have to say, at the time when I played and came into it in the in the late in the mid fifties and that, the leather balls had gone, Nathan. 
the leather balls had gone. Okay. So, so what did you play with? Wouldn't be, I've seen the lads hitting. I've never kicked a ball, a ball like today. Today's an East ball. I've never kicked, kicked one, so I don't know what it's like. But the, the, the ones that I, I kicked at the time, I played as a, as a kid with the leather ball and the book, and the, they got heavy with the rain, particularly in that. But when I went to England to Manchester United in 1956, the, 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 the lace balls had gone, and we were on to plastic balls. Okay. So they were much, much, much easier to kick. Now, Bobby, I, I think I seen Bobby kicking when I, when I went there as a young fella, before the, 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 uh, the leather balls went out of fashion. I mean, Bobby had an advantage. When you could kick the ball like Bobby, and these balls got heavy, Nathan, it was an advantage. There's no way the goalkeepers could stop. They were flying through the air, you know? Yeah. But the plastic balls come in, and Bobby obviously could, when he was left foot, right foot, 30 yards out, 40 yards out, he could score. And I'm just saying that that's, I played with Bobby for, for a few years. Best player I ever played with, best player I ever played against. But I never, ever really spoke to him about football. He just did it, in my opinion, uh, just did it naturally. Yeah. It's and crazy. the game itself, like Bobby played in the game itself. Bobby didn't need people around him. Like, I, I played inside right, right to Bobby's. And a lot of positions at times in the matches, I'd be in a good position to receive from Bobby. And he wouldn't give it to me. And I, I just want to be able to say, for F's sake, Bobby, he's, 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 scoring, he's, he's knocking the ball from 35, 40 yards out, left foot or right foot, into the back of the net, Nathan. I mean, this was a regular occurrence with Bobby. It wasn't now and now and again. So what could you say to him? I mean, I, could, I wouldn't say anything to him anyway, but what could I say? You know, he could do it on his own. He's the only player that played with could do it on his own. Again, I said when I played with Leeds at Bremner, Bremner myself, we needed each other. Yeah. Pass it to each other to go up to the opponent's box. Bobby didn't need anybody. And in terms of his leadership on the pitch, was it just he led by doing that his ability... Yeah, he, yeah I never said to heard Bobby saying anything in a team talk or anything. I very, very seldom contribute to uh, a, a team talk in that way. He just did it himself, uh, uh, Nathan. That's why, to be, to, unfortunately for him, when he did go into management at Preston, he, he didn't last long. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I don't want to, I mean, he was a great player, but, but it just wasn't made for management because he couldn't, he, he couldn't tell players and dominate players what to do because what he did himself came easy to him in, in terms of what he did. You know, so he... Uh, and, he, 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 I don't. He wasn't made for management. Let's put it that way. The year after the Munich disaster, he scored almost thirty goals in the league. If he was playing now, would he have been a, a central midfielder? Or would he have been a striker? Uh, no, he wouldn't be a striker. He'd be a midfielder. Right now, whether he be in the centre midfield or right side or left side, he'd be a midfielder. He was a natural midfielder, Nathan. With, with, with natural ability, you know, left foot, right foot. I didn't know whether Bobby was right footed or left footed, to be quite honest. You wouldn't know. And he had a powerful shot on both sides. He was quick. He was, was, was he a good passer? He didn't need anybody else. And that's what made him so great. Yeah. You was know, but if you said, was he, was he the most enjoyable player you ever played with? <laughs> I'd say no. <laughs> he wasn't. Because yeah. he was, I'll just tell you another little thing about him. We had... Uh, say goal kicks against you. In those days, it was inside right, inside left, Nathan. Okay. And the time you balanced up was when you had a goal kick against you. The goal kick, you're like, Bobby be inside left, I'd be inside right. But Bobby used to wander over towards me. And I'd say, Bobby, now I was three years younger than Bobby, a junior. Bobby, push over to balance up, push over. But after three or four times, it was Bobby, push over. And Bobby would lose the head and say, F off. <laughs> and don't be annoying me. 
and that was Bobby. Right. Right. And we wouldn't we wouldn't fall that way because, like, as I said later on, I believe you ba- that's the time you do balance up when yeah. the ball goes out of play. You balance up, but Bobby Bobby couldn't be bothered with that. And were you were you respectful to that? Would you bite back, or were you in no, in all of in on the page? No, I would, knew I knew that's what he he, 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 he he I was younger than Bobby, right? And I thought this is the right thing to do, but I was never going to convince Bobby. I'd only annoy him, right? And Bobby was Bobby. Bobby's the next time Bobby got the ball, I'd be in a good position. I wouldn't get it, and I'd be, I'd be about to say, mm, "For heaven's sake, Bobby!" And he's boom, bang, 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 gone past three players, four players. Right foot, left foot, boom, up in the top corner of the net. And how did how did Matt Busby deal with him? Left him alone. Matt, Matt Busby, I, I, I never never came to the situation. But if I was complaining to Matt Busby, if I was, and never did, and never would, Matt Busby would say, leave him alone. Yeah, he knew what he had. But, yeah, but you could, you could, Nathan, what he had, you couldn't stop. As you said, he, many goals did he score Munich after Munich air disaster. Yeah, 29 league goals in 38 games the season yeah, after. Right. And, and Bobby was only 20, 21 at that stage. I think he was only about 20. Bobby was a young fella at that stage that carried that team on his own. Bobby, if you go back up, up to 1966 when they won the World Cup, you see the goals he scored in that, those particular matches. Mm. Unbelievable. But you couldn't say he's a team player, you know, in that sense, because he didn't need anybody else. He just did it. But did, I never, did, I, I did, did that ever change? I knew him reasonably well. I never had a conversation with Bobby about football. Yeah, did, wouldn't say John like we, you. You do that. I'll do this. Or I'll do that. Nothing. Uh, he uh, just did it. And, and as he got a bit older, and say that United team that won the European Cup with Best in Law, would he would he have passed the ball more then? Would he have got them oh, more no, involved? Not that he wouldn't pass the ball, Nathan. I mean, there was t- times he, he, he hit beautiful passes. No, I'm only saying my experience with him in some of the matches. It didn't happen all the time, but it happened a lot. And you, you, you couldn't say, well, he, he, uh, he connected with Georgie Best. Well, Georgie could do yeah. it on his own as well. I mean, you had Law Best and Charlton. The three of them could do different things on their own, right? But, but no, it's not saying that Bobby, if Georgie Best was in a good position, a lot of times Bobby would give it to him or crossfield passes. But he didn't need, what I'm saying is, Bobby himself didn't need anybody else. Yeah, to do what he did that we, we saw him doing and I was lucky enough to play with him when he was doing it he didn't need me didn't need anybody whereas Dennis Law did Georgie did to get the ball to him yeah he could do it all he could do it he could just do it and Scott and goals as you say like Bobby was a young young fella after Munich air disaster you know and there was no what I can remember at the time Nathan there was no special special treatment for Bobby or going to psychiatrists or anything. I mean, they were playing 11 games at two weeks after the Munich air disaster. Mm. And Bobby was carrying that team on his own at that particular time. Because I was at the matches, I saw the matches. And Bobby was only 20, 21. I think it took a lot out of Bobby, actually, at that time. Yeah, I'm sure uh, it did. To do what he did. But he did it. And he, and, and he did most of it on his own, carried him to the cup final. And he was only a young fella. But there's no, I've never seen anybody else like him anywhere since before that or since then that could do what he could do uh, All our football coverage here on Off the Ball is brought to you by Sky you can watch Norwich against Manchester United on Saturday Night Football live only on Sky Sports I'm not sure if we'll see Charlie Savage play 
on Saturday night in that game. He came on the bench last night. I don't know if you were watching this last night of BT, where Nathan, yeah. Robbie Savage was on commentary and his son was coming on to play for Manchester United. I, it, it's a strange thing because I, I suppose your kids, a couple of the lads, went on to play a bit of League of Ireland. And I don't know if you ever spoke to them about the pressure of trying to follow in your father's footsteps. And like Charlie Savage, his father, had a very good career, never played for Manchester United, but had a very good career. Is it something you would have seen with your own kids where there was a lot of pressure on them? To, uh, to try and follow in their father's footsteps? Uh, not really, Nathan. It wasn't quite the same. I mean, uh, like my lads played for, for Shamrock Rovers when I was there in the, in the A-team or a couple of games. And it was uh, Michael, my eldest lad, played. But there, there, wasn't, there wouldn't be the same pressure on them as there, somebody coming in from Manchester United, Nathan. And I, I, I would certainly keep away from it, you know. I mean, I, I, last night I watched it. I, I thought uh, Savage should have not made such a big deal of him coming on, to be quite honest. There's enough pressure on the kid uh, to let him go on and do what needs to be done in, in, in the future, you know, rather than making... I think you'd rather play it down than play it up, let's right. put it that way. Yeah, because uh, I guess everybody now knows who he is and will be following his career over the next few years and uh, more opportunities Manchester United might be hard to come by. You know, there's enough pressure on kids anyway, now, mm. in my opinion. You know what I mean? There's that, and any lad coming in at whatever he was, 17, 18 years of age, there's enough pressure on them. I mean, you, you don't have to be saying, well, is he going to be as good as his father? And that's the last thing you need, to be quite honest. Leave them alone, let them get on with it. It's hard enough. Yeah. Did, did you want your lads to be footballers? Uh, I think it would have been... It, my attitude to it was, I never, ever, ever put them under pressure to be footballers, Nathan. If they were going to be good enough, so well and good. Yeah. If not, I never, I never longed for them to be footballers. Ever, I thought the, the, the main thing is to, for them to be grow up as decent people. If they're going to be footballers, then that's great. If not, no problem. Yeah. Um, on Manchester United, then I don't know what we can read into last night's game because it was pretty much a, a second string team. But uh, at the weekend against Crystal Palace, we saw a Ralph Rangnick selected side. Maybe it was a Ralph Rangnick selected side against Arsenal last week as well. What are your very early thoughts on what he's doing? Um. Well, first of all, I think it's the first time he had them for training, Nathan. I think the previous match definitely was the first game the other night. And uh, I, I wouldn't judge on one match. I thought there was a bit more about them when they didn't have the ball and they looked like they were, they were managed. But there's no way he could get his philosophy across in the time that he had, Nathan. But what I have seen of him and the comments he's made in the paper, I think he, spoke, he has spoken a lot of common sense, and uh, that would be my opinion. I think he knows exactly what he's talking about. Now, whether he can do it or not is, is another day. I mean, but I thought it was too much too early uh, for some of the people to analyse what he did uh, in, in, in the first match against uh, uh, Crystal Palace. I mean, he only had, he only had uh, what, one day, two days with the players in a training session, Nathan. Mm-hmm. There is no way you can get all your ideas across in two or three days. But what I, I've heard from him, or the way he's spoken about the game, uh, I think if, if I were in Manchester's position now, I would, I would give him an 18-month contract. Yeah, you still feel that that sort of six to eight month till the end of the season undermines him a little bit? Definitely. Uh, you know, I'm going to only talk about my experience in football. Interim managers... Uh, don't work, Nathan. You have to believe you're all in it together forever, right? Yeah. That you're all going to be in it. You're going to work together. You're going, to, 
And if you'd believed an interim manager, if you know, and it's, 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 it happened, if you go back, uh, I'm just going off, the, off, off, off my own way this way, uh, a minute, Nathan. When Ferguson, years ago, said at Christmas he was going to retire at the end of the season. They hardly won a match after it, mm. Nathan. But he stayed on to win the league the next year. But once the players believe that we're not all in together forever, then the team spirit dwindles away. And I think if you've got an interim manager, and he's well known, this guy's an interim manager as a player, you're not in it together because he might not be there next year. So why are you playing for him? What are you doing that he wants you to do when he might not be there next year? But I think if the Manchester United players know this fella... He's going to be on an eight. He's on an eighty-month contract. He's going to be here next year. We've got to do, to do everything that we, he want. He wants us to do, and it's not intentional from the player's point of view, Nathan. Yeah, it's just it is what it is. He's interim. He might not be here next year, so we have to believe you're playing for him. You know what I mean? When I was playing with Don Revy for the year, you had to believe he's going to be there next year. Actually, Don did it one time where he was he was going to go to Everton. It was in the paper. And we were in the, the, the Champions League final, or sorry, the European Cup Winners' Cup final. And I'd been away with the Irish team in Russia, and I came back, and it had been in the paper that he'd been seen at Everton. And Norman Hunter was the first one I saw. I said, the bosses, I don't know whether he's leaving or not. Billy Bremner wasn't there, he was injured. And I said, well, look, let's go and ask him, which we did. And he said, yeah, I am going. Right. Like, and we knew he was going. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, everybody's saying, well, who are we going to get? What are we going to do? How are we going to get on? Players were talking about their contracts and all the various things. It, just, it disrupts, the interim managers disrupt in a big way, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think if I were them, I'd say, right, you're an 80-month contract. And that would give him 80 months because I think he obviously knows his stuff. And he looked, they looked like a managed team the other day with under Solskjaer. I never thought they did. So that's what I would do for what it's worth, Nathan. I'd give him the 18 months and let him get on with it, get his own staff in and get the players going the way he did. I think there was more about them in certain ways, but I think I don't believe the people on the television could, it was fair on him to try and uh, analyse what he was trying to do after one training, I think it was one, two training sessions at the most that he had with the players. You've got to give him six matches, seven matches, eight matches for that to really show. Yeah, they've got that game against Norwich on Saturday and a good run of fixtures actually as it turns out over the Christmas as well. Uh, really before West Ham come to Old Trafford which is in the middle of January and we are talking about West Ham now, John, as one of the forces in the Premier League because they're fourth in the table. They've beaten Chelsea, they've beaten Liverpool, they've beaten Manchester United, they knocked Manchester City out of the Carabao Cup. This is a pretty remarkable job that David Moyes is doing with what is a very talented squad and you look at what Declan Rice is doing in the middle of midfield but certainly not a squad I don't think that you would have thought would be contending for the top four definitely not Nathan and he's done a fantastic job there I mean don't forget he was at West Ham before they sacked him they got mm. two or three new managers in and none of them did what he did and he brought him back wisely brought him back and he's done a fantastic job he's built a strong team uh, a, a team that plays for each other, uh, a proper professional approach to it, and he's been fantastic. I think the, the job he's done so far has been brilliant. And you mentioned Declan Rice, who is one of the main uh, attributes to, to what he's done, one of the main players. He's been terrific. He's only 22, uh, and he can only get better and better and better. 
I know you've been a big fan of uh, Declan Rice for a long time and we've been obviously from an Irish point of view been talking about him for a long time what's he added to his game in midfield over the last couple of years well first of all I, I, when you see him on the pitch now standing next to Monday, he must be about 6 foot 2 6 foot mm. 3 Nathan. but he plays like a little fella you know his balance is great you see him running and he ha- obviously has the advantage of being tall and big and strong but he's delicate on his feet as well you know his, his control is very good he did, like, a lot of big fellas don't have a good balance not, certainly not as good a balance as little fellas but Declan one of these big attributes is his balance he's very well balanced he co- covers the ground he stops quickly he, he, he does remarkably well he's very he, he's a big physical lad with, with terrific balance and very very good control of the ball he's really really top notch he's sort of still seen as a, maybe more of a, a holding midfielder. Maybe that's developed a little bit. Do you see him becoming an all-round midfielder, the sort of N'Golo Kante type? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see him as a, a mastermind in midfield like Pirlo or, uh, or, or like that. You know, Obviously, Pirlo can't do some of the things he can do. I, don't see, I see him as an all-round player who can, who can get forward, get back, uh, cover the ground, win tackles, uh, Nathan, that's the way I see him, uh, which is invaluable, uh, the attributes he has. There's, there's not many people have, uh, you know, the pace, the power, the skill, mm. uh, the ability and the willingness to do what's needed to be done. He's, he's, he really is one of the top-class players. I don't see him as a, a, the old schemer type, spreading the ball all over the pitch and things like yeah. that, Nathan. But but hugely valuable. I mean, if he had somebody inside him... Uh, or beside somebody like a Pirlo, that I think the, 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 the balance would be absolutely perfect for any team. But he's doing a lot on his own, and he's doing it brilliantly, absolutely brilliant. You look at him then, and really he could fit into any of the other title contenders midfield and add to it, whether yeah. it was Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea, or maybe more likely Manchester United. Uh if, 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 if I were Manchester United, and particularly Manchester City, I would pay what needs to be paid and play him at the back. Right. He, I think he would be absolutely sensational play, playing at the back, Nathan. Because if you can do the things that he can do in midfield, as a, in a professional football, the further you go back, the better you are, or the easier it is for you to be absolutely yeah. brilliant now he is brilliant as it is but as a backfire player if I was Guardiola I would spend as much as I could as much as I'd have to on him as a defender and, 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 and I, would, I would do the same at Manchester United without going back to your conversation with Jack Charlton about centre halves and midfielders and what they can do would he not be far more effective in the middle of midfield than he would be at centre back oh yeah Oh, oh, definitely. But I'm talking if, if, if you had the luxury okay. of, of having the finances and having a good midfield player. I'm only saying for how he'd be even better, I think, Nathan, at the back. And better would be really, really world class. And he's getting towards world class in the middle of the field. Yeah. They're on that sort of run of form at the moment, West Ham, where you look around that team and all of them, you feel, could play for a title-challenging club. Even somebody like Jared Bowen in the form he's shown over the last few weeks has been linked with Liverpool. Mikel Antonio has been transformed over the past 18 months. The two Czech players, Salcek and Soufal, both look real top-notch as well. Do you think West Ham have it in them to keep this going till the end of the season and maybe hold off a challenge of Manchester United for the top four? I think they could. I mean, they have a start on them, 
anyway. The Manchester United have to have to do it yet. I mean, they're a team that's established now. Uh, you say you mentioned Antonio up front, absolutely brilliant. Now, the, 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 from putting him, he used to play him as a winger. He didn't play and put him up there. Has been, I think, he's been brilliant. Really, really class player up there, along, along with the other players you mentioned. Uh, the right back. What's the right back's name again? Soufal. I think he's a really top class player. And they've got these players for next to nothing, I think, mm. and they haven't been, he hasn't spent a lot of money. So it's one of the big jobs in, in, that, that he's done, one of the really big jobs in the Premiership, and done it well. And they're a real team, a real team. Yeah, they, uh, they certainly are, and it's uh, going to be fascinating to watch how they get on over the next few weeks as well and whether they can maintain it. John, we're out of time. Great stuff as always. Thanks, Nathan. All right, we'll talk to you next Thursday. John Giles, as always, with us on Off the Ball. If you missed any of that, just download the OTB Sports app, subscribe to our football podcast, and you get John Giles direct to your phone every single Thursday evening. Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports.